0: Talk sheet recorded live. Live from a steamboat casino on the old Mississippi where the celestial toy maker is still up to his old tricks. It's Doctor Who, Podshock Pod Shock. shock.
1: Post Gallifrey presents Doctor Who Podchuck, episode eighty-five, for the week of June eighteenth, twenty o seven. Hello, everyone. This is um, Louis Trapani here, and I'm here with uh, joining me is Taras Notician, our regular contributor. Hello, Taras.
2: Good day, Louis. Good day, all.
1: Good day, and also we have a guest co-host with us today. West Hubbard from the Geek Week, um, well, originally the Geek Week uh, podcast, now it's the CIA podcast. Hello, West.
3: Hello, everybody. How are y'all doing today?
1: It's good to have you on board.
3: I'm excited to be here.
4: Yay! <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we have found Utopia. It's, um, we're reviewing... Oh, and and with that, I should give out fair warning to spoilers, because this episode will be no doubt, riddled with spoilers. So if you have not seen this episode, this is the 11th episode of the 2007 series or series three, Uh, please be warned. It's, um, as I said, we're not going to hold back. There'll be plenty of spoilers in this episode. So um, if you have not seen this story yet, you may want to, um, as I say, pocket this podcast until you have. And, in the US it's Father's Day, so I wanna give a warm um greetings to all the fathers and all those that are celebrating Father's Day. Um and you know, and, you know it's a too bad we um <laughs> we should have Paul Carnell on the show today. But there's um when is Father's Day in the UK? I don't know, we'll have to ask James. <laughs>
3: I'm sure someone Speaking in of- the room will tell us.
1: Yeah, speaking of which, yeah, Dave is, um, is is with us today, but speaking of which, James hopefully will be joining us shortly, and the same goes with Ken. Uh, Ken did express that he may not join us because of uh, the holiday obligations, uh, being that today is Father's Day, and Mike Duran will not be with us today. Uh, he's here with us in spirit, and we're hopefully Doth Skeptical will be popping in later on, but... It's um yes, some utopia. people are
2: chiming in that it's today in the UK as well. Oh,
1: it is. Okay. Cuz I I thought like um, Mother's Day did not coincide. So that's why I wasn't sure about Father's Day. Okay, so it's um it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day once again. So um but that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> cute, that's 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 uh, going back uh 2 years ago to um so another episode of Doctor Who, what we're talking about today, is Utopia, and um, what an episode that was. It, we seem to be on a uh, streak of, um, well, some are saying the whole series has been um, pretty much a, uh, you know, hitting home runs, um, or getting close to that with each episode, and this one, perhaps, is no different. Um, what was my take on it? It was, um it, it, it had a very... Classic feel, if you will. It felt very much like traditional Doctor Who. After all, how you, you, where the Tardis comes to uh, another planet and it's a quarry. <laughs> how classic can you get from that? We have um, we have uh, Captain Jack returning. Uh, John Barrowman returns. It's interesting to see him up in the uh, opening credits. Uh, someone in our forums had. Um, before this episode transmitted, said that it wouldn't be cool if, because um, we've all seen uh, previews of Captain Jack, Captain Jack hanging on to the TARDIS, and wouldn't it have been cool if that was in, you know, in the opening credits as well. But um, it was not to be. But it it still was a would have been a cool concept. But this was. Um, A show that um, had not only the return of Captain Jack, but another long-running character in Doctor Who, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, So, um, but, okay, so what did I feel about it? I I thought it was a good show. It was a good episode. It's um, my only real problem. Well, okay, I, I wish I didn't know as much as I knew going into this. And as I kind of allude to in the forums, that it's sort of um, akin to an occupational hazard, running a Doctor Who website and podcast that sometimes you can't help but avoid some spoiler information. And um, but be that as it may, um, as teresa's has also indicated in the forums, that so were a few surprises, and um, and and I was surprised with a few things. And um, but the other thing that kind of didn't work for me was sort of the the, um, the Mad Max, um, post, like um,
2: the future the, the, kind,
1: the future kind, that whole, to me, I, I think I, it, they were there because they, you needed a villain, you needed something to be chasing them. They needed something to keep them on the edge of the seat while everything else was transpiring. And, uh, it's, it, it, it worked in that effect, but I just found them distracting. It, it, another um if you go back to school reunion where the main story was with um with the return of um of um Sarah Jane Smith and that's really what i think held the focus uh, you know for much of that episode you still had the villains but they they played their part but i didn't find them to be distracting here perhaps if these were just like indigenous um creatures that were sort of just Going after them, I've it, it just I just felt like we've already seen these before in the Mad Max movies, plus all the copycat Mad Max type of films. You know everything from um, Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone to um, well, you can even go back to before Mad Max. You know, like going back to um, Harlan Ellison's uh, Boy and His Dog. You, know, it just you know I don't know. It just seemed a little played out, and I just wish there was. I mean, we, granted, we need a threat, and I just wish they were Yeti or something like that, you know?
4: Um,
1: but it, I mean, it didn't um, destroy the episode for me by no means. And, um, well, um, what else? Um,
3: I, I kind of felt like, you know, they reminded me of the Kangs from the seventh doctor episode, paradise tower. I was expecting to start calling colors out at any moment. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm.
1: It, 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 did seem like it was a throwback to um, many of the classic episodes. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Ken is with us now, so let me get him on board. Ken, is that you?
5: Oh, yeah.
1: Mr. Ken Deep is with us. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up to Ken Deep.
2: Yay, Ken. Welcome, Ken. Howdy, everybody.
1: So, I... Um, I don't know how much you've heard I was just giving my uh first um opinion of of the episode what what I did find somewhat interesting was um Captain Jack is back and If you notice, to me, I think Captain Jack is back in more ways than one because it doesn't seem like it's the Captain Jack from Torchwood. It seems like the Captain Jack from Doctor Who. And if you remember from past podcasts and uh, maybe stuff that I have written in the forums, that I always felt that in Torchwood, Captain Jack has changed so much that it wasn't the same exact character that we knew, and now we know that so many years have passed, that we knew when we last left him when he was with the Doctor, uh, but it seems now that Captain Jack is more akin to, more like he was um, as when we last left him in Parting of the Ways. And another thing that I also mentioned, that uh, that I also um, picked up was was that he doesn't mention Torchwood at all. There's no references to his involvement in Torchwood. Um, yeah, at but least they,
5: they hint to it with the music and the fact that he's in Cardiff
4: and things like
1: but that. He, yeah, but he doesn't make a mention of it. and. And someone in, for in our show forums, is I terrible. think. And someone in our forums, I think Simon <laughs> had um, in our forums had mentioned that. Uh, now I haven't. I I've just started rewatching Torchwood again, uh, but I haven't gotten to um, the final episode. Uh, did he have the backpack with the hand in his in, in it when he was um, at that time? I, I, the, what I'm getting at is um, perhaps in this timeline, this is pre, this is maybe Jack's pre-Torchwood timeline he hasn't um yet got involved with torchwood and when we s- and okay this is a spoiler so if you haven't thinking,
5: seen you're thinking that that after this episode he joins torchwood
1: and that's well, why he's a change well, man well th- this is just speculation but and 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 Simon in our forums had mentioned this as well what if um he is um that that he he goes off and joins torchwood and after this however this concludes and if, and, I, and I'm spoiling the end of Torchwood now, so if you haven't seen it, um, please cover your ears for the next minute or two. Um, what if he, uh, at the end, the final episode of Torchwood, when you hear the TARDIS sound and you see him disappear, what if it's not the Doctor and the TARDIS, but, okay, I'm giving away this episode as well, I said that there was going to be spoils, but the Master returning with the Doctor's TARDIS. And that's, um, and he was waiting for that because he knew that was happening or knew that was going to occur, um, you know, because, he wasn't as moody and dark in this episode as we saw him in Torchwood. I, again, this is just pure speculation, and we're just having fun with it.
2: Okay. And fine. in the in the Confidential, they were talking about a little bit about why he was different, and that's because of the Doctor's influence. That he becomes a better person when he's with the Doctor, as opposed to in Torchwood, he's well, basically by well, himself. He
5: could also be very bitter. During the times yeah. in Torchwood that he's stuck for the last hundred and almost fifty years
2: on Earth, mm-hmm. with us, yeah, did, did anybody? Yeah, we're, we're upset that when Doctor Who is stuck on Earth for a few episodes. Imagine if you were stuck for a hundred fifty years.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Ha- has yeah. anybody ever perused the Torchwood official website? There's there's all kinds of little things about. I don't know how much canon you can throw into the websites, but they there's. Some documents you can read about how Captain Jack was kept cryogenically frozen for like 50 years and then toward the end of it, by Torchwood, and then they let him out. So, um, like I said, that's something to go hunt down, but it, it kind of explains why he's maybe upset. I don't know. He's been kind of kicked around for a while. So,
5: Well, I, I also find it interesting in the trailer for next week that they don't mention Torchwood either. As a matter of fact, the American president says... Uh, units in charge now.
2: And I don't I,
5: know I, whether I, that's, that's a I heard that's that. them throwing saying, "Hey, Torchwood's a purely British institution," and that's like a little uh, little kick towards the Americans having to be well, in charge, or well, whether is, they honestly yeah. just don't trust Torchwood.
1: Well, I, I, as we all know, unit uh, the, the UN in unit stands for United Nations, so yeah. it's it's a multinational organization whereas Torchwood is um, definitely a a British um, organization.
5: (laughs) Yes, but the United Nations is located in New York, and Torchwood is located in Cardiff. Yeah, if anybody's
6: ever been
3: to the official unit website, however, um, the United Nations, actually the real United Nations, not the fictitious one in television land, has disavowed that. Oh, yeah. They can't use United Nations in the title anymore.
1: Well, they still can use the acronym without spelling it out. You know.
3: Right. <laughs>
1: but
5: you could just say UN, there's no copyright on two letters.
3: Right, I know, but they can't actually. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they actually call it the United Nations Intelligence Task Force in the episode or
1: not. Well, we all yeah, know I'm, that the, the Brigadier took his orders from Geneva, not from New York, so.
3: <laughs> that's true. Now, wouldn't this be a really cool way to slip the Brigadier in without anybody knowing about it? It, well,
5: I I I have to say that if the brigadier was involved, we would know about it. Being that prior to the season starting, we knew that, uh, that uh, Jer- Derek Jacoby was playing uh, a Time Lord who was going to regenerate into the Master,
7: and that's, that's true.
5: exactly it, what happened.
7: It, it would have been a great
1: marketing fire. opportunity if um, if he was coming back. And someone in our forums um, gave the um, you know made a mention that next year. Or, or is it this year uh, i, or I or maybe it's next year would mark the fortieth anniversary of um of um
5: of the brigadier first appearance well
1: not the brigadier but of um i yeah. oh the the nicholas courtney nicholas nicholas um his well, he first
5: nineteen sixty five in 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 uh oh okay so
1: maybe it it is the brigadier then the character of the brigadier yeah. then
5: because that would have been what sixty seven
8: so yeah. maybe they can get him in the christmas
5: episode which would actually make the christmas episode something other than spinning christmas trees and <laughs> aliens that are chasing us around with giant bug claws.
1: Yeah, let's give the the um the robot Santa a rest. Yeah,
5: I can
3: see the brigadier saying chap with christmas lights, five rounds rapid. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, it would be great if
5: if um you know like, like if they had the brigadier at home and he's like, you know, this is a fall cry, Doctor, from, you know, from our days in the unit. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, the brigadier at home with the missus just
2: at the, at the fireside, you know. But, nah, that's well,
4: we
1: may be getting ahead of ourselves since this story did have... A and we're straying character.
2: from Utopia.
1: Yeah, uh, this story did have a returning uh, character from Doctor Who's past, and that is uh, none other than the Master or... Um, you are not alone, Yana. Which is an acronym there for. pricing
2: um, the role, pro-
1: Professor Yana. Well, it, and and returning was uh, the voice of um, at least at, in in the form yeah. of laughter of uh, Anthony Anley's laughter as the master. Once I, I mean, that was cla- that was great. And, <laughs> you know, was, was and great then to time.
5: have uh, Roger Delgado speaking from the from the Daimons as well in there it was just fucking. It was just brilliant.
1: It's it's yeah. I, I, great touches there. And then, you know, just tying it all together.
5: And did I miss Eric Roberts in the mix? <laughs> you
3: probably did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's going to be interesting if they even bother to explain, you know, how he got out of the Vortex and whatever, the the Ayer the Harmony, rather.
7: Well, I know that uh, like one, of... one hint could be what
2: the TARDIS did... With Jack, and it was trying to shake him off, so the TARDIS
3: probably just spit him out.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, you well, know, they took the pains to explain Rose's bringing Jack back. Maybe that's also mentioning, you know, she cracked open the TARDIS, and the Master got let let go. Yes. Yeah. The Master also got. Also, you flushed.
5: notice that the, the Master doesn't have a TARDIS, and I I think it's it's pretty safe to say that the Doctor and and Jack and Martha are going to go back in time using. Jack's device.
1: Yeah, because they went out of their way to, to remind the audience of it in the yeah. beginning of this episode. It's either um,
5: going to be
3: that or sonic screwdriver setting number 2000 that'll get them. Oh, <laughs> please, no.
5: And um, But the Master clearly doesn't have a TARDIS, and, and unless he's going back to one, it's interesting that the Master might be trapped on Earth uh, sans TARDIS, um, which would flip. The coin around from the 70s Doctor Who, where the Master was the one who could pop off at any time, the Doctor was stuck, and just leaving the Master to wreak havoc throughout the uh, 21st century.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, but going back to um, the Master's um, now history before this episode, uh, or should I say, Professor Yana, um, he, he explains that he was a he was found as a, a child in the storm with that watch. So it begs the question whether um did he did the master regenerate or take someone's body as a as a child and um or or obviously that watch changes the biology of a time lord to a human so did he change himself to a human child and did the face of Bo have anything to do with it because he's main professor yana which is an acronym is it just a coincidence that it stands you know it's an acronym as well that you are not alone and that's what the face of Bo said I was just you know since the face of Bo has such a long lifespan it begs the question whether or not he had anything to do with it plus the face of Bo knew that he was not alone that there was another time lord out there and how did the face of Bo know that unless he had a hand in this or he's just all knowing
5: the fact that he was a child uh, as being that whatever the situation was that caused him to go into hiding that it was Again, just like with the Doctor, a complete secret. You know, he obviously didn't know. Uh, and he had a full lifespan. I love the touch of casting uh, Derek Jacobi in the role of the professor slash the new master. He, he played the master in, uh, in one of the radio shows. And,
2: the stream you know, of the, the, shanker. Shanker, the web
5: uh, And uh, beyond that, counts. just watch this episode, and the man is completely brilliant. Completely brilliant, playing two separate characters, uh, when he makes his transformation, um, in in, a, in the pure case of less is more, he didn't turn around and say, I am the master, or say anything like that. He just turned his head and looked, and it was far more terrifying than if he actually had, had something to say. Yeah, they, was, they
1: made a mention of that in the Confidential. That's, uh, um, I think um, Russell T. Davies, you know, um, was um ad- admiring how he could do that all in the eyes and not have to say a word. and he, It's just the eyes just say it all. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of glad they didn't give him snake eyes.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I, I have a quick question to throw out there for you. Um, the chameleon arch thingy, I personally don't think that's something the Time Lords created. I think that's something the Doctor came up with, because, I mean, I don't see them, first of all, getting involved enough to turn into a human, and secondly, using a pocket watch. Now,
5: wait, going back even further, and we discussed this in the last couple weeks, since Human Nature, is this idea that Russell T. Davies has really, uh, really enjoyed the Paul McGann movie, and one of the things in the original, you know, with Paul McGann's movie is that he's half-human, in quotes, you know, and there's this thing hanging over them. So, there's another tie. Here we go again with another tie, but go go ahead, complete what you were saying, but this, this is just... The, the depth of what we're seeing in this episode is amazing to
3: me. I think it could be Russell T Davies trying to fix any plot continuities in that so that they work. But moving along, who's to say that that's not something the Doctor came up with to put the Master in that situation? Not to mention maybe possibly somebody like the Ronnie. There, there was a lot of conjecture that some actress had been hard to play the Ronnie at one point. Yeah, and um, you know that could be true still. It just kind of got pushed by the side, but. It seems to me, you know, he said sorry to the master at the end, and it's like, what's he saying sorry for?
1: Now, do you think this is the Doctor's watch, the same exact watch, or is it a, a standard issue for a Time lords to have, this this, chame- I, this chameleon arch watch?
2: I guess we won't find these out till the next episode or two, because the there's a big spoiler out in the BBC listings that really gives away what's going on in the last episode. So I mm-hmm. kind of would want to avoid the conversation going in that direction
4: yeah.
1: when we have
2: so many things to talk about about what was on the screen here. Yeah. That is very a very, good. very
3: good point.
5: You know, at, on first viewing, I thought that this was a separate watch. But after reviewing the episode, and then and I, you can predict my review because I always judge it on rewatch value, um... Upon unintended. further review, uh, I started to think the same thing that this is the same watch, um, and that the adventure, whatever, whatever happened to cause the master to either be forcibly or voluntarily use that watch, hadn't happened yet. Uh, and that this, you, I
4: didn't really think,
5: I never really got the impression that this is something that the doctor created. I, I kind of got the impression that it's something that the TARDIS created. This, uh, you know, this this uh, chameleon arch.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um you, do you guys think that this is possibly something that's happening to the Master before he hits his last regeneration? Like the, the Master we just saw might be before, you know... Well,
2: the chameleon arch rewrites the bi- biology, and since
3: it can uh, apparently
2: rewrite to a Time Lord biology, one can assume that he was rewritten to become a time lord again
5: well let me and... ask you a question if you revert to a human being and then come back to being a time lord does that reset your regenerations?
1: Yeah, well, that's, what, that's what we're pondering
5: if, it, if it's good for the master and he re- gets a and allow the five doctors a whole new set of regenerations then technically David Tennant is Doctor One again
3: that's true, and, and, you know, he seemed pretty reluctant to do it to begin with because you know, I don't think he wants to live forever. And this would just add that much more time to his life.
4: Hmm.
3: He did ask Jack if he wanted to die, and it's kind of I, one of those maybe thinking about himself as well kind of situations.
5: I think that now, um, that the reason that, that the doctor ran from Jack and, because Jack is living forever is once again there's that whole thing about the feelings, and if, if he's immortal, you know, there's this this issue of pain and losing somebody. The reverse is now true, because the Doctor won't live forever.
3: Well, he also said that the, the power of the vortex would make any Time Lord immortal. Well, he had it in him at, at one point as well, and regenerated, and sent it back into the TARDIS, you know, so he, well, he, he also... <laughs> He said it would make one a god, a
2: vengeful god, which uh, is kind of a little bit oh, different god. from from immortal. But uh, one would probably have the ability to make oneself immortal.
1: It's all now, one this, of the, this, this. I was just saying that this episode answered a lot of the questions that we had concerning Captain Jack and the Doctor and 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 how you know. He came to be and all that and um and but as many questions as it answers, it asks and begs other questions now,
2: yeah, but it's bloody, brilliant, isn't it?
1: Yes,, yes. yeah,
2: now, one of the things that was alluded to earlier in this this series, especially in uh the family of blood, but now is uh being brought up again, is how similar the doctor and the master really are, and there's very little that really differentiates them. And we had the hint at the beginning yeah. in mm-hmm. uh, in the Family of Blood when uh the little what? kid oh the name uh escapes me, uh
4: Timmy. Mm-hmm.
2: Timmy no. uh being yeah. uh wary of the doctor after uh finding out who he is. What's but then in the end be- says And he's brilliant. But then uh in this episode we have such camaraderie between Yana and the Doctor, and they're both working to, to solve the problem. And then we see, uh, when Yana's revealed for who he is, we see that vengeance of his coming out, well, like we had in The Family of Blood, coming out even, from the Doctor.
5: Uh, supporting the theory that the two of them are brothers, is this, if the Watch is the Doctor's, and it was the Doctor who turned him human to save him for some reason, this only, that, that only adds to the theory that the two of them
2: are brothers, and that's going to be revealed.
1: Yeah, well, that was that mention well, of Smith and Jones. Well, I that
2: has something else to do the the watch, and uh, if, if you had seen the spoiler, then uh, you would be thinking in, in different uh, terms in this instead of just in individual terms.
5: You have to send me that spoiler, a link to that spoiler now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh, the TV listings that the
3: BBC puts out.
1: Warning, warning, danger, <laughs> Bob Robinson,
5: danger. Just as
3: long as the Daleks don't show <laughs> up in the finale, everything I think will be okay.
5: <laughs> I agree. I agree one hundred percent that 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 uh, that that ship has sailed.
2: Shan, hopefully no Daleks though.
3: <laughs> um, I can throw one out there that someone's probably going to shoot me down on because I don't remember my past Doctor Who as well as I should but you know what if the Valiard ends up mutating into the Master at one point and that's why he went through his regeneration so fast because he only had two
4: hmm.
3: and okay. that would explain some of this theory around why the Doctor and the Master can be kind of similar because maybe they're the same person and he's got to stop it
1: you know, someone in the forums—I don't know if it was Sean, if or 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 not—and forgive me for forgetting who it was. Uh, speculated what if? Um, I think it was mentioned. I think it was Sean. He, had, when he was watching it, when he first saw the the fob watch, he thought it, perhaps it um, it was the Doctor. You know, in in another regeneration. You know, it was his watch, and once again he went back to being human. And you know, I didn't go there because I had the spoilers foreknowledge. Well, so did Sean, but. He, um, that that this that um jo- uh, Jacoby was going to become the master, and so I wasn't even thinking that way. But it's kind of interesting. If it was, you know, the Valyard, if you will.
3: Well, you know, this could be Russell T Davies' attempt to tie up all these weird loose threads that came out toward the end of Doctor Who's run. You know. Yeah. And who knows? The mysterious Seventh Doctor, who liked to get involved in everything, may have set all this up to begin with. Yeah, in the novels, the Valyard arc was supposedly tied away. So,
2: Colin Baker's but, doctor supposedly dealt with that issue that it wasn't going to happen.
1: But trust, you're the canon master. You, of all people, know that <laughs> that the novels don't necessarily translate to canon of the television series. Um, you know, as we've seen with, uh, but, but we've seen the
2: concepts. Uh, Russell T. Davies pluck out. A lot of the the best stuff from the novels.
1: Well, that's what I'm getting at because obviously that can't be in the same timeline. You know, we, we already had Human Nature in the novel and then in the television series. So yeah, we're we're
2: spending a lot of time talking about stuff that has very little to do with this episode.
1: With and Utopia. I,
2: and uh, we're just getting nowhere exactly. Utopia. Just, and but,
1: uh, just reminding everyone,
2: we could. Hey. Uh, Think about what's the, uh, the master doing with uh, the doctor's hand. Why did he take that with him into the TARDIS? That's an interesting thing to talk about. Or we could talk about uh, that one throwaway line that the doctor threw out uh, about uh, that there's a lot of people complaining about humans don't look like they're evolving, but the doctor says you always come back to the same basic shape or something to that effect. So basically, explaining why humans throughout the Doctor's travels always look the same.
1: Now, did did the um the Master take the hand into the TARDIS, or was the hand just happened to be in the TARDIS? No, I he, he I took
2: that with him into the TARDIS.
1: He did grab the hand and bring it in. Yeah,
5: well, it's at the console, you know, when he regenerates.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. I remember, obviously, I, I saw the hand in there, but I'm just trying to remember if he actually, because I know he was shot, uh, Chen um shot the Master, he went into the TARDIS, I, I just don't remember him grabbing the hand.
2: Yeah, he has with him.
1: Okay. So, that's an interesting point. Why is he, what's, is he going to use the hand? Well, let's not get kinky, but is he going to use the hand in some way? <laughs>
2: Maybe he did. Maybe that helped him to regenerate.
1: Regenerate? I don't know. Or
5: maybe it's just a back scratcher.
1: Or could this be the because the, the TARDIS has a, some, uh, a a link with the with the Doctor? Maybe this was um, his way of, of making the, the TARDIS work for him. I don't know. Well, you now know, the,
2: getting, the mis- getting back to the similarities between the Doctor and the Master, it looks like the Master had a companion for many of his years in the Chando character. And uh, Mm. their relationship seemed pretty interesting until uh, Jacoby becomes the master again, and then uh, his feelings for her change very quickly. Do
1: Do you think Chando, like Martha in Human Nature, knew about this, or no?
4: That, Most that likely, she was no. trying to
1: prevent him you from don't know. going. We don't know. Okay.
3: Well, he mentioned at one point that she had been with him with, I think, something like eighteen years. Seventeen and, years, yeah. Seventeen years, and that he was found as a child with the watch.
1: Yeah, so on that the shores right.
3: of some planet. So. Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> Unless he ages very rapidly, I doubt she was with him from the beginning. So um I gave my um you know I guess um overall synopsis of the episode uh Ken I know you joined in on it was there anything else that you wanted to um
5: Well I I, you- I do I do kind of agree with you that the the um these, you know future humans are really just there to to uh, give us a reason to run up and down some halls and and, and create some tension the real They were a little bit distracting from the fact that we just really wanted to see what was going on with the Master. Uh, That was what it was all about. And in order for the Doctor to run around or have some kind of reason to rush the rocket into space... um, you know the, they these guys. I just wish
1: it was a different threat i, I just i just i don't know I just, I just felt that it was kind of tired these you know, future kind savages i I think we've just seen all you know so much before and i if it was an indigenous native um you know vicious life form there that they, was maybe they attacking could have made them. It,
5: they could have made it an earthquake, it would have been just as effective like we have to get out of here before this you know earthquake hits or something you know they they could have gone a lot of a, a lot you know many different ways to create the reason to rush to get that spaceship off.
1: I mean, e- even Inferno, you had, you know, these, like, you know, savages, you know, infiltrating the power plant there, and um, and it reminded me of that, too, and it just, just seemed like, you know, we've seen that all before.
2: But now, hi- since this was a trap uh, set across time, it's possible that uh, it was just uh, a setup as far as... Uh, the threat goes, and maybe there was no threat at all.
3: Well, I, I and I don't know if anybody noticed this, but when, when um, Yana turns into the Master, he walks over to the screen where he's watching the the Utopia stuff, like the ship's going up, and he pulls out a disc and he says Utopia.
4: Yeah, I noticed like, that. Did,
3: did he take out the rocket at that point? Maybe that was part of that footprint I... thing that was keeping it going.
1: Yeah, I wondered the same thing whether or not that was the 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 navigation to Utopia. If, if somehow he just yeah. he just fouled that whole thing up. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I
5: assumed this, the same thing that there was just that was the navigation to the ship, and that the humans are just going to be lost, which is per- pretty much where we're going
3: anyway. Right. Now, did now, anyone think it was interesting that they didn't show the Doctor and company at all in the previews?
1: I, I was just about to say that. You just took the words right out of my mouth. Um, Sorry. That not, no, that's okay. A, a, a bit of a spoiler for those that are avoiding the coming attractions for next week's episode, and we're not going to get into next week's episode too much, but um, but, I guess it's it's what could happen is that this story could actually continue in episode 13 instead of 12, We and and... You know, in a sense, and and um, next episode could be just the master story, and you know another him getting Doctor back to Light. Earth and setting himself up as um, you know on Earth, and um, I don't know if it will be election day or post election day. It's gonna be curious to see how this all plays out next week. Uh,
5: another Doctor Light episode,
1: perhaps. I don't know, but the, the Doctor and Martha and Jack are not seen in the coming attractions at all.
5: Well, I don't think are you sure about that? I also get the impression from the coming attractions that it's just the first five minutes of the episode. If you look at everything that happens, well, I shouldn't say everything, but a good portion of the of what you see in the preview could just be the opening five minutes of the episode. It
1: could be. We don't yeah. know that. I mean, um, they could be deliberately not showing them just so not to give away the, the cliffhanger ending of this episode, because obviously if you show them, you know they... Well, we all know they're going to get out of it, but, you know... <laughs> <laughs> just to keep the mystery there a little bit more longer, I don't know. Okay, we've all gone quiet. So I think that's our cue to um to to welcome some of our call ins. Taras, did you have anything that you wanted to um mention before we well, go to somebody's the somebody's
2: saying that uh, they were in the trailers, so I was just uh going to
1: I don't recall them being in the trailers at all. Uh, or at least the the trailer at the end of this um, episode. I know sometimes at the end of Confidential, they'll show a little bit more of, you know, next week's. And uh, But, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't recall seeing seeing them in the trailer.
3: Now, what I did notice, and I don't know if it's really them or not, but I think there's there's a section where somebody's shooting at something and you see people getting out of the back of the truck and you could see Martha's family in there.
1: Oh, good eye. I didn't see that.
3: I could be wrong, but it looked like her mother was kind of on the right-hand side, so if anybody wants to peruse that real quick, we could probably... Yeah, yeah, Dave in
1: chat just confirmed it was her mother. Okay, we're going to go to our callers, and first up is Ari from Boston. Hello. Hello. Good to have you on the show.
6: Well, good to be here. Thank you.
1: So, what did you think of Utopia?
6: Um, I waited up until, like... 3.30 Three thirty in the morning to be able to watch it, and um, I wanted to, you know, jump up and down and shout for joy. But I think my roommates would have rushed in thinking I was being <laughs> murdered in my bed. So I very because I knew, you know, the whole John Sim was playing the master thing, and I knew Derek Jacobi was playing a role, but I didn't know that the two were connected. And I'm a big fan of John Sim from Life on Mars, and it was mm-hmm. really good to see him. Like it was interesting to see. I've never seen him in anything else, so it was interesting to see him sink his teeth into something that was so unlike Sam Tyler. Yes. You know, this real, just obvious bad guy and that just, I was enthralled.
9: So.
1: Yeah, he did a great job, you know, in switching, you know, as I hadn't seen him in anything else either so this is the first time I'm seeing outside of um, D.I. Taylor and uh, I think he, I, I think he did a great job. I wasn't like confused in the character, and he and he
6: did. I mean, they they had sort of. I think they they sort of set this up as parallelism, where they had him do the sort of manic post regeneration trauma thing that they had, you know, David uh-huh. Tennant do when he regenerated, you know hey, gee, new hair, I'm not bald. And, and they had, you know, John Sim playing with, ooh, a new voice, you know, things like that.
1: Yeah, instead of new teeth, it was new voice. And I, I think that was, obviously, it was a deliberate, you know, tying the regeneration from Christopher Eccleston to David Tennant, to, uh Right,
6: they had them both regenerate standing up was another thing, <laughs> you know, and then the effect was very similar. So, yeah, that was
1: deliberate. On, on the confidential, Russell T. Davies said that they. That's stumbled. right. Yeah. In the past, when there were different directors, had different interpretations of the regeneration cycle, but here they deliberately wanted delivered. Right, and special effects were consistent. very different.
6: I mean, I just got the the New Beginnings box set, and you know they basically had Tom Baker lie down, they sprayed it with cotton fluff, and then had Peter Davison stand up. So. <laughs> Lewis,
5: uh, I looked over the trailer, and, I, and the uh, the big three are not in the trailer. To the yeah, that's
1: what I thought as well. They yeah. they they're not in there.
5: And in in, in, um, uh, in a uh, related note, with that, it was nice to see John Barrowman's name in the opening title. Yeah, oh, I,
1: I guess I, I mentioned that. Be, I guess before you joined into the show, I, um, yeah, it was good seeing him in, as you know, surprisingly seeing him in the, in the top of the credits.
6: I guess he was interviewed some on on a British news program, and he said he got he actually got choked up when he saw his name in the credits for the first time. Cool. Yeah.
1: Because that was not the case in two thousand and five, was it? Yeah. So, um, so um, Ari, I'm sorry. Um, did you have any? Was there any other surprises? Anything that you wanted to make a mention, Ari?
6: Um, boy, I think, um, boy, what Derek Jacobi I think, was great. I mean, it felt like some of the things they were setting up were, um, and this was mentioned in the, the commentary, a little parallel to, the, to William Hartnell with the way that he was dressed and sort of playing the slightly doddering, you know, tinkerer of a, uh, old man role. And he had, like, his own little companion, who I thought, I don't remember the name of the actress, but she did a, a fantastic job with this, you know, blue, smurfy insect thing. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> he he reminded me of another time, Lord, if you will. If you go back to Shada was it P- Professor Kronos?
6: For notice, yeah, For For For
4: That's
5: exactly who I I thought it was. A very strong parallel
6: between the two of them. Yeah.
4: Mhm. And yeah, <laughs> and, and
6: it was it was. i you know I'm also glad that John Barrowman is back, and I was really looking forward to that, and I was just surprised that you know even though he showed up and he did a really he he made a really strong showing of himself he was almost upstaged by, you know, the rest of the, the you know, the big plot reveal that they had, um, which in and of itself also kind of overshadowed the plot of the rest of the episode. It felt like the whole building the rocket and launching it thing was just sort of a vague conceit that they didn't really go into too much detail about just so they could hang the, well, we have Derek Jacobi, we need to have him turn into the master thing. Okay, so let's have that here. Which is sort of, I think, my only complaint about the episode. What it was, it was sort of plot-light but very heavy on, like, lots of different reveals, like, oh, boy, Jack's back. Yeah, okay, we're running around in the far, far future. Oh, boy, this guy's the master, you
1: know? Yeah, yeah, well, like, everything else sort of, like, was background, and, and um, you know, and it was, it's in some respects, a little distracting, but because we just wanted to know what was going on with the other characters. Right. All right, well, very good. Thank you, um, Ari, and hopefully um, you'll be joining us next week.
3: I'd be
6: happy to.
1: And if you have anything else that you want to input, make sure you put yourself back in the queue. We're going to go Certainly to the next will. caller. All right. All right, great. Thanks a All lot. Right. Sure. Okay, so next we have a, another return caller. This is um, Shiro Kuro. Hello? Hi,
8: there. Can you
4: hear
8: me? Yes. All right. Um, uh, yeah,
7: I guess um, I'll start off by saying I, I really, really love this episode. Um If I had to give it a rating, I think probably I'd give it four and a half, Uh, taking the half off only because of the kind of underwhelming sort of backplot thing, but I take the point that a couple of you have given already that, you know, you really need to have that kind of backplot thing running through corridors away from bad guys, Um, you know, I mean, as as much as, you know, the the kind of, you know, hardcore, if you want to call us fans like us might like, you know, an, an hour of you know, the Doctor and Jack and the Master and all that sitting down and just having a nice talk or something, um, that probably wouldn't fare too well with the, the family audiences. So, you know, you've got to have some, you know, running around and tension and drama and stuff. But I thought, um, you know, the episode was great. I thought Derek Jacoby did a fantastic job. Um, I thought actually it was a kind of a nice parallel between him and between uh, John Smith in the, the two-parter. Um, that I actually kind of felt a similar empathy for Professor Yana that I felt for John Smith, you know, because if you think about it, I mean, Professor Yana himself, he was, he as himself was kind of like an innocent, you know, just normal, good hearted Mm -hmm. guy, just like John Smith. So it was, you know, kind of sad for that character to die in in the similar way as John Smith did. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, also, uh, you know, Chanto the the blue skinned alien, was a you know that that was a great character as well. Great job by yeah. the actors. Um, I think uh, I, I had quite a few thoughts on this episode. I don't know how many I want to go into because you may have to shut me up after a couple of minutes. <laughs> uh, uh, this one of these episodes that after I after I you know saw and just like oh well, what if this and oh, what if that and blah 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 well, You've already seen all the comments in the chat room here with people's heads exploding and stuff. Um, but uh, there, there was a few things I wondered. Um, on, on the one point about, I think it was Ken brought up that you know the Master probably doesn't have a Tardis. Um, that 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 may be true, but on the other hand, how did he get to the end of the universe in the first place? Um, so did he have a Tardis to take him there at some point? You know, did he did he bring himself to the end of the universe? then use the chameleon arch. I mean, who knows? So maybe there is a TARDIS out there somewhere.
1: And, and, um, the, and if you remember <coughs> in human nature, the chameleon arch attached itself to a headpiece in the TARDIS. <coughs> so would the watch itself do the trick without that other component? You would think you would need that other uh, component.
7: Yeah, that's what I thought too. I mean, the, he's put, he might have a chameleon arch in his TARDIS. I mean, for all we know, they're standard issue with TARDISes. I mean, who knows? Um uh, and the other point as well that was interesting was, uh, you know, I'm actually wondering about the whole subplot with the rocket and the utopia and stuff. Whether they will develop that anymore in the next couple of weeks. Like I, I also noticed the point about when uh, after he became the master and he pulled the disk out of the computer, you know, and he kind of, you know, smirks, you know, oh, utopia, what a pile of rubbish." So what I was wondering was, I mean, maybe the master himself set that whole utopia thing up as some kind of con. Um, I mean, who knows? Um, I think I was somebody else suggesting that you know maybe the Utopia was the Master's TARDIS setting up some beacon or something. So you don't know, but it would be interesting. You, know, I'd like to see them, you know, reveal what happens to the rocket ship. Um, yeah, uh, Yana,
1: Yana did say that the, the Utopia uh, project was like started like a thousand years ago, so it, it could have been, you know, you know, pre-Yana Master.
7: Right. Right. And you also don't know, I mean, they said, you know, the professor said, you know, he was found as a child, but, you know, that this this is the far future as well, so who knows how long humans live in the far future, maybe they live for hundreds or thousands of years, um, so, you know, it's, the professor could have been around for like a thousand years or so, you don't know.
1: Or um, that could have been an invented memory of the the, the, ch- the chameleon arch, maybe he wasn't found as a child, maybe that's what he just remembers, you know, while he was younger, that was, like, programmed in that he was found
7: as a child with the watch. That's true. That That's a good point. I didn't think of that. But, yeah, that's right, because John Smith had kind of false memories installed yeah, as well. Yeah, he had,
1: you know, he had a mother and a father, and he knew what town he grew up in, and all that was, you know, made up by the Chameleon Watch.
7: I touched right. to Philip K. Dick in
1: that case. Yes, and planted mm. memories. mm
7: I guess the, the final thing I wanted to bring up was uh, I think you, you you touched on it a little bit earlier, Lewis, but was about the the face of bo um mm-hmm. and also I don't know how, how which of you have watched the Confidential yet, but unless I closeified there was there was kind of a a throwaway comment by Russell T. Davis in the Confidential that we haven't seen or heard the last of the face of Bo um so that that kind of started me thinking well. Wouldn't it be interesting if, you know, in early in the series we saw the face of Bo's death? What if at the end of the series maybe we see his birth somehow, mm. like his his creation? Um would oh, be a little yeah. <laughs> so um, and that was just an idea. I mean, and if you think about it, I mean, we we have this chameleon arch device or chameleon arc or whatever it's called, um, and okay, it can turn time lords into humans. But what if it can turn you into other species as well? And what if that's where the face of Bo comes from? So, that, mm. But anyway, that, those were just my wild theories. Um, mm. you, know, <clears throat> you know, the face of Bo being created, you know, sometime in, well, it kind of, in the past in a sort of linear sense, but in the doctor's future in his sense, um, uh, you know, would, would be would be quite interesting, and uh, that would explain why the face of Bo knows all about the Professor Yana and all that sort of stuff. So, um, uh, I, and, I,
1: yeah, I, as a kind of reminded point. in blink, you know, time is not linear, or the, um, and it's all will be one. Right, right.
7: But that, that's actually, I think, a very clever point about this season as well. Whereas, you know, they and maybe one other reason why, uh, you know, they they kind of uh, that point so much in the episode Blink, as you know, it's not only the episode Blink, that's kind of a non-linear time story. It's actually ended up the whole season is going to be kind of a non-linear time story. So I think that's you know very very cool, very clever. Um, yeah.
1: But anyway, that's,
7: that, that's all the points I had. So I'll uh, I'll shut up now. And <laughs> the well, next person.
1: Thank you. Once again, just remind everyone
7: where you're calling from. Um, I'm calling from uh, just outside Chicago, Illinois.
1: Okay. Cool. Well thank you once again for being part of the show and um, as always if you have anything more to say put yourself back in the queue and we'll get you up again. Okay. Thank you. Alright. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Okay we're going to go next. Uh, Our next caller is Dave in Manchester UK. Hello Dave. Hi Uh, Lewis. Uh, good to have you you on the show
9: again. Thank you. Uh, I hope people can understand what I say this week. Um I loved it. Uh, It was really great that uh, we're off on what seems to me, to my first thought, the first three parts we've had. I think there was so much, uh, I don't know whether the correct word is exposition or or whatever it is, uh, to get through, to set up uh, the the two last episodes. But I think it it, it has been a right decision to do it. Um, Let me mention a couple of things that I don't think people have mentioned yet, uh, and then I'll go through all the, the things that I loved about it. Um, uh, there's a quick reference to the fourth Doctor, Tom Maker, uh, where he says indomitable uh, when he's talking about the human <laughs> spirit and, and the people ready to go in. Uh, what I believe, the, the, the spaceship, I assume it was like a, a hive ship from the, the, the race of this girl, the, the one that was the last of their race. It looked to me like a giant antilla, beehive or something, uh, and that was, that was what the, the humans were making use of. Um, and the other thing is, um, I'm sure it was referenced somewhere, but the, the the little child that played a part in the episode uh, was that another Blue Peter winner. Yes. Oh, she's the Blue Peter winner. I think so. Okay. I think she won the guest little part. But, That's uh, great. I, I think it was a little girl. Well, it's hard I to think tell. Oh, well, know,
1: unless, well I
9: wasn't.
1: unless he changed into a she in, in
9: between. <laughs> no, no. But, uh, anyway it certainly worked and it didn't feel forced and uh, they had their little moment with Martha and, th- and that worked quite nicely and um... you know it was as we've said before there's quite a close link with uh, Blue Peter and Doctor Who so I thought that was nice but uh, getting back to the main story um, I think the Master did this to himself uh, like the Doctor for his own reasons I think he uh, Changed himself and, and, and became human, and encapsulated his uh, his essence or whatever in the watch. Because uh, one of the things that the doctor says early on is that um, right at the end of time, even the time lords don't come here, which made it, of course, a perfect hiding place mm-hmm. for a renegade time lord. So I was. Uh, I was thinking
1: that perhaps he, the Master, had something to do with the Time War, and to escape that whole, you know, somehow, you know how the Master always seems to escape disaster at the last minute, and this was his way of escaping, being eliminated at the end of the Time War, was to
9: escape as a human into the far future somehow. Of course, as as well, he he could have even been in cahoots with the Daleks, and uh, they may have allowed him to escape uh, for helping them, I mean... It's well, they just may concern. not be aware that he did. Possibly, yes, certainly. Um, uh, the uh, item about he made sure that he took the doctor's hand into the TARDIS, uh, and apart from the obvious jokes that have been thrown around the forum, uh, I think the main thing is that he's going to use that exactly the same way as Captain Jack did. That if by some chance uh, he knows how, um, how clever the doctor is and how resourceful he is. And so he can't assume that the Doctor will be marooned in the far future. And so if he has the hand with him, he will uh, detect if the Doctor, you know, returns and and follows and tries to foil whatever plan it is. And I think uh, you made a very good point, Lewis, I think it was you, that uh, the next episode might indeed, you know, leave um, the Doctor and Martha and Captain Jank in in, in abeyance, as it were, Uh, Mm -hmm. and most of the episode will... will, um, focus on uh, uh, Mr. Saxon uh, taking over and uh, the destruction or havoc or the way he he wages the war. I put a little uh, (laughs) joke remark on the uh, little chat area. Uh, For people who are listening to this uh, podcast later, uh, we can type little messages in a little chat forum as the recording goes ahead. And I put it, it's either going to be, um, the master, or Lex, that takes over the world. Seem to remind me a little bit of Smallville, that. But uh, I think that's why he took the hand, so he would know if the doctor was going to uh, follow him. But really, I think the star of this show, with the little intimate conversations, I mean, that's the one of the, the great strengths of Russell T. Davis. Uh, I know not everybody's a great fan, uh, especially the fact that he won't go to alien worlds and things like this but he does deal with dialogue and uh, human relationships really well and the, um, the the two conversations I'm thinking about were with the um, and I don't think it was forced this time the way Rose was brought back into it with Captain Jack and Martha talking and uh, oh she was blonde was she um, the little remarks and the, the mm-hmm. chats that they had and the doctor ends up said stop blogging you two you know we've got a crisis on here And then later on, and probably the best scene in the whole uh, episode for me, was uh, when Captain Jack was in the room trying to unlock those uh, mechanisms. And he and the Doctor uh, are sort of uh, getting to an understanding, shall we say, and uh, realising that the Doctor found, not that he didn't like Captain Jack, because everybody seems to like him, but he found uh, his actual existence an offence he seemed to be thinking of uh, Captain Jack not so much as a person who couldn't die but he was locked Uh, he was almost like a a singularity, he was locked in time and that was because of um, the energy released by Rose from the TARDIS which of course she hadn't had the skill to focus so that she'd brought him back to life but to life forever so um, I thought that was good Um, I'm a little bit, uh, I thought Derek Jacoby was uh, absolutely marvellous and uh, I think in some ways it would have been nicer uh, to have more of him in the episode but of course then again it was also nice that John Sim turned up uh, not in the titles like Captain Jack was and um, and that was that was great but he did seem a little bit maniac in the beginning and I could put up with that because of the, the transformation that he'd just <coughs> undergone I was a little bit more concerned about the trailer where he seemed to be acting uh, still in a strange manner um, even if on the people go to the Gallifreyne Embassy uh, front page where the, uh, the little emblem is up for next week uh, the sound of drums, uh, the picture of John Saxon with his mask on and his thumbs up all I can think when I see that, I'm sorry to take people out for the moment but is Mr. Bean doing his thumbs up business uh, you know, <laughs> they're, they're, uh, I had him on there but it, you know, it, it looks a little bit geeky the way he's doing it, it didn't look at all um, menacing and uh, because of course one of the things that I think a lot of us have liked about the Master is that understated menace uh, the look the eyes uh, of, uh, was it Oh Mote is me I can't quote it very well but I mean uh, I know a lot of people like the Anthony Ainsley one but I prefer the earlier master I thought uh, uh, Delgado was it?
1: Yeah Roger Delgado Roger
9: Delgado I thought he was absolutely I don't think anybody will ever beat I mean I hope John Sim does but I don't think anybody will beat him for playing the he, Yeah he's the it, definitive it, master in my eyes it, as well you know uh, He had those hypnotic eyes and obviously of course that was part of it so hey, I'm ranting on a long time again tonight but um, I loved it, absolutely loved it. There was an awful lot of uh, things to set up, and that's why I think they've taken the, uh, the, the three-parter route. Um, I suppose I, I should give it a five. I suppose we should give it four and a half, because the story, the background story, the, 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 the Utopia story, uh, wasn't that particularly strong. Although I loved uh, the last speaker's idea, uh, I thought that was marvellous that the the, the, um, the little signal on the screen was not a signal of where Utopia was but where the Master's TARDIS was hidden now that I think would be a brilliant way of uh, moving the story forward because of course we do know that uh, they told us again that Captain Jack's little device although he said it was broken uh, allowed a hop through time but they're trillions of years into the future would, would that device carry, and also not just one of them three of them remember, would it carry three of them trillions of years Mm -hmm. or would it more likely not be able to move them in time but move them in space to where the uh, utopia or maybe even just give them a short hop onto the uh, hive ship that's on its way so uh, lots of exciting things I know we've been spoiled Lewis and the others and it's uh, it's a bit of a dilemma whether we look ahead or not but I think uh, the kept us getting
1: pretty well, and uh, yeah. I better stop and let someone else have a go. Yeah. Well, uh, as we've seen in Boomtown, the, that sled device, whatever that, um, you know, there could be some other, like, there could be some sort of makeshift device that the doctor uses with um, Jack's um, device to bring all three of them, you know, travel through time. Well,
4: you know, sort of I'm like sure the, the time
1: be. ring, if you think of Genesis of, of the Daleks, and um, you know something you know he can invent
9: Well, if you think to uh, you know uh, the wire one where he cobbles together something and uh, and even in the blink episode where he cobbles together that little tape recorder device uh, I mean it wouldn't be Doctor Who without him having his MacGyver moment so yeah great great. well thank you you so much
1: Dave Uh, I I failed to uh, collect the other Taurus drones from the other callers so I I do apologise for that but thank you for giving your grown reading, and um, we're going to go to our next caller, and our next caller is um, Tom, t- t- uh, Tom, am I pronouncing
10: that right? Tom. It's just like the name Tom.
1: Okay. Yeah. Right, greetings the, and
10: salutations. Welcome yeah, to uh, Dr. T- pachak And uh, it's good to be here. Um, I'm Tom. I'm from Rhode Island, and... Uh, I know probably a lot of the people who call into your show are long time fans, but i 've been a fan since february oh, so okay i 'm sort of a noob but i 've uh, i 've seen all of the all of the ninth and tenth i 've seen the t v movie i 've seen a few classic episodes, so i 'm not really that experienced with knowing like what the master 's all about other than in the movie
4: mm-hmm.
10: yeah so um Do
1: do you just, I'm just curious, do you feel that at some point, um, maybe in the future, you're going to go back and revisit the classic episodes, if you will, and and find out more about it?
10: Oh, I've been doing it. I just haven't uh, seen that many. I just bought the New Beginnings box that I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, though. So I'm (laughs) going to be seeing The Master soon. Um, Off the bat, I'd like to say five out of five.
4: Okay.
10: Every every single every single week since since human nature, I've been thinking, how are they possibly going to live up to this standard next week? And they've done it. And this week, I find myself thinking the exact same thing: how are they going to live up to this? But you know, I, I'm having faith here because I think that we're going to have a great end of the series.
1: It's it's going to be interesting, and um, you know, I'm just there was um I, I know you haven't you don't you're not familiar with the whole history of the master but he tends to um get into these situations and then um where you think he's completely demised and comes back somehow gets out of everything and um so i'm wondering whether or not at the end of the series if they're going to quote kill unquote the master and or not or have him escape so that he can be a a lingering force for uh, future series and um, I guess time will tell,
8: but the...
5: I like you know, to nod it, to the, uh, both to the classic series and to Austin Powers and um, John Sims saying, you know, perhaps I could tell you all my plans and see if you can stop me, that kind of thing. And then he goes, I don't think so. That was excellent. He just kind of blows it off. So it's sort of establishing him as a, as a, a master for the 21st century. Yeah, I
1: yeah think John sort of Simms, like
10: the new doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I think he did a great job, uh, you know, with the character and taking it in a different way, and uh, but still keeping the essence of, you know, that quirkiness of a master there.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because
1: um, Anthony Anley, you know, went off and did it very differently than, um, you know, Roger Delgado and where Roger Delgado was more reserved and held back. And, and and that's what made it even more creepier. And um, where Anthony Anli went a bit over the top at times. And um, so I, I think um, Johnson is going to take it in his own. Just like every doctor is different, you know, and I think every master is going to be slightly different as well.
10: Right, and I trust John Sim because I've seen Life on Mars, and it's fantastic. So.
1: Yeah, I'm mean, a big fan as well.
10: We'll we'll see good things from John Sim, I'm sure. Uh, one thing, though, I, I didn't really have terribly high expectations for this episode because I think a lot of people like Captain Jack, but I'm not really a fan of him. Mm-hmm. I've always well, thought I've... Captain. He's he's a no, little I was bit of a... say, I... Go ahead. Um, go ahead. He's, he's sort of like a generic action hero, like suave, roguish Han Solo type thing.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's what they were going after with his creation: was um, a classic hero type of character
10: and, and I, I understand that and I do appreciate it at times I'm not hugely against him he's just not my favorite he's not my favorite character but bringing him back in here it was, it was excellent I love the awkwardness between him and the doctor mm-hmm. it, was, it was pretty pretty awesome I thought. I'm starting to warm yeah. up to him a little more mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I have yeah. to admit that this, um, I didn't have, um, uh, high expectations for this episode because the trailer for this episode didn't really grab me the way, um, you know, it just seemed, well, the, if you recall, the trailer for this episode was mostly focusing on the, um, the future kind, right. and, uh, very little much of anything else. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's, right,
4: there's, well,
10: uh, there's one comment I wanted to make, because I don't know if you picked sure. up on this, but, uh. When Yana is explaining, like, his childhood, he mentions that he was at the Silver Devastation. That's where he found himself. Which, <clears> if, <throat> if you look back to the end of the world back in 2005, that's where the steward says that the face of Bo comes from.
1: Ah. So, so there's I, the I, face that's of Bo connection.
10: It's possibly a planet or something, and there, maybe the face of Bo found him and named him that, named him Yana. And that's why his name is an acronym of "You Are Not Alone."
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting if they do explain that. You know, they may just let that go, but
3: they might. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, um, thank you so much. We're going to go to our uh, next caller up, but um, thank you once again for being part of the show.
5: All right, good right, to be part I've, of it. I've got to ask um, Taras to to email me that link because it's driving me absolutely bonkers. I've been sitting here for.
2: Last it, it's minutes. on the forums. Okay, in what? In the Utopia? Uh, uh majors. S three fi- or S three finale major spoiler. I think is can, the
1: can, title. Ken, Ken cannot can. resist spoilers.
2: I can't. I I'm, I'm am I'm a complete sucker for spoilers. Lost to the flame. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, right.
1: Our next caller is um, Six Swipe UK hello six
8: hello
1: hello how are you
8: i'm fine how are you
1: very good uh do you want to use your first name or just your uh
8: screen name uh my name is ashley ashley Terrison.
1: okay and you're calling from i'm mean, obviously the uk i'm assuming
8: london london
1: okay so what did you think of utopia
8: I think I'm still on the roller coaster at the moment, and I'm absolutely (laughs) surprised of what happens. It's like, from one direction to another, and I've got to say, Derek Jacob, he's absolutely brilliant pulling it off, but the thing is, I have to wait and see next week, and I'm so excited. I really can't wait for this, (laughs) but I've been following the series since, uh, well, it first started. And I've been, like, looking back on the classic episodes, and I've been studying the Master so much. Mm-hmm. But, to me, I'll give this a five out of four TARDIS groans, because I want to see more what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, and speaking of the Master, I, I know... Um we've been talking about a lot about the master and rightly so next week's confidential is going to be an interesting episode because they're going to focus on the master and, um, and his history. And it's be interesting to see that episode. I, um, have you been, uh, ha- were you watching this series before it came back in 2005 or were you reintroduced to it or, did, or are you now just going back and um, watching some of the classic series? Well,
8: when I was a little boy, I have watched Remembrance of the Daleks on TV and I thought to myself, oh my god, <laughs> and uh, since they took it off air, I was absolutely devastated. But I've been like watching the classic episodes now and again, sometimes in UK Gold if they do show it. But with the master, he's the most evilest, genius person ever. But I like to see what happened with this Time War thing, if they ever release it or not. And also, I like to see how the Doctor and the Master first meet up. That's that's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. So that's
4: it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's great. That's uh, what's great about Doctor Who is that we can, you know, speculate. There's so much. As long as the series has been going on, there's just so much material that. Which I'm glad that hasn't been covered yet that that we still can explore, and forty some odd years later, we still haven't answered all the questions, and there's still speculation on how things came about and their backgrounds and um and we can speculate that you know, and talk amongst ourselves and saying you know and I think that's what's what's so appealing about the program that everything's not always spelled out for us,
8: yeah, yeah well um. I've got to go now because I've got to be somewhere else anyway. Well, um, thanks for being part of the show. No problem. And uh, I hope to talk to you guys again sometime.
1: Yeah, please do. Okay. Call, call, I'll call see you later. Again. Oh,
8: well.
1: All right. Next up is um, Mike, also known as Merlin. Hello, Mike.
11: Hey, guys. How's it going?
1: Good. Happy Father's Day.
11: Oh, thank you very much. I've heard it with friends. got to love it. Yes. Some beautiful stuff in this one. Um, The the query is we're we're looking at a uh, nonlinear story that goes back to at least 11 monsters. So we have, if the event hasn't happened yet in the Dutch timeline, is he not sensing that there's another Time Lord in Saxon? Or is he just feeling this briefness, just missing it? You know, we... I'm curious as to how they're going to put that along. Um, And I think that uh, the DVDs could play a good key in that. If Martha's phone works, she can call her mom. Perhaps they can get their TARDIS back that way.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm glad they haven't really been utilizing that phone so much this time around. With Rose, she seems to be like using her roaming charges <laughs> all the time and um,
11: I, I, I kind of figured we'd be looking at uh, Martha's family a lot more and I'm kind of glad we're not either
1: <laughs> yeah there's only in a couple episodes that really explored her family so. but you know now I think you had mentioned that, sh- that her mom uh, or Dave mentioned confirmed that, that you could spot her mom in the trailer so obviously next episode we'll probably see um, at least mo- her mother again
11: yeah, maybe maybe I'll we'll have to clear up the utopia thread a bit because as is mentioned in the forums and in the chat and every you know, utopia is kind of code for it doesn't exist either as a place or as an idea. So and, and even even Jacoby as he was taking that disc kinda of giggled at it. Utopia. So that's gonna come back. The doctor may have to fix that particular problem, which means he's gotta get away from the future kind. Uh, they're going to be dealing with the back and forth episode, perhaps a bit.
0: Yeah, it'll be
1: interesting how this plays out, whether or not, like Ken said, whether or not the, the what we saw in the trailer is only like the first opening or the first, you know, segment of next week's episode, or mm-hmm. whether or not this is gonna is going to conclude maybe in the following episode. We'll see. Well, I, I you know we've had our Doctor Light episodes. Uh, I would imagine that perhaps the doctor's going to be in next week's episode. As Ken said, we're just not seeing them in the trailer.
11: Yeah. Well, let's uh, wait and see. Keep it short and sweet. I, I'm, I'm proud of you, Louis. It's only an hour to 13 in. You've handled a lot of callers. Good job, sir. <laughs> well,
1: we're also, uh, several of our regulars aren't here today, so um, we're able to get to more of the callers.
11: They no couldn't sleep; friends. they were watching Topia repeatedly. <laughs> well, it's
1: also Father's Day, so perhaps they had other obligations. I know Mike is uh, um, couldn't join us, and, um, but I'm surprised. Dawe skeptical, and um, well, I guess it's just Dawe skeptical that's missing, right? Oh, of course, James is missing too. Keep well, forgetting so about James. Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
5: That only confirms the uh, rumor that uh
1: Colin is... Well, Colin's not here either. Where's Colin? <laughs> I see
2: Aberstock in the text uh on the talk shoot.
1: Yeah, it was um it was good it's seeing chat. in the forums again, but
2: And he says well, actually I am. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wow, well, we, we do have a lot of people, and I'm, I had to scroll down for more people in our chat here that that was off my screen. There's so many people. Yeah, I'm, Colin oh, yeah. here. I I'm sorry, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> no, you were here. One more brilliant thing that uh, I had to scroll down. They brought up. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry.
11: About the about the hand. Basically, it looks like maybe uh, the master can track wherever the doctor does a real time. Um, modern event appearance since the Christmas invasion, so he may be able to keep track of when he's around.
4: Hmm. Well, it,
5: it also bro- brings up an interesting point that the Doctor has been on Earth just in this season. He was in 19, stuck in, what, 1969, and over the years he's been stuck on Earth <coughs> or visited Earth several times, and, uh, you know, Captain Jack could have. Could have run into him in human nature. He could have run into him in links. Uh, and and you just want to throw places out. He could have ran into him in the war machine. I mean, for crying out loud. He's been on Earth for so long. Hmm. It's not like you know Captain Jack's stuck on Earth and uh, you know
2: the the doctor's made appearances. Well, it isn't until oh, no, in modern about... era where he gets mobile enough to be able to jump around very quickly. It's uh, very difficult to get from one continent to another yeah. if you happen to be in the wrong continent. <laughs> yeah. Until
11: but you I'm get looking at
2: plane the... travel.
5: It may have been a little bit different. I'm looking at but the, the master. Low to get to Antarctica
11: for
5: the 10th
11: Planet episode, you yeah? hmm. <laughs> know. Sorry, go ahead. We're looking at the right. Master have in the hand, he can track every current event that the Doctor appears in since the Christmas invasion, since it's supposed to be a uh, uh, Doctor Tracker to that event. it's Anything beyond that point is, is uh, synced with him. In theory.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, um, Mike, did you give us your Tardis groans for this episode yet?
11: Oh no. Um, I'm gonna go with four, four point five out of five because obviously, I mean, he did. He got a big old stick and stuck it into the ant hill. It is the fanboys and is watching them dance.
1: Okay. Cool. All right, we're going to go to uh, thank you once again, Mike, and um, as always, sure. I, I know you're a regular here, and we always enjoy your input. Your your audio is breaking today. All right,
4: today. Mm, All right sorry. take
1: care. Cheers. Uh, we're going to our um, our so far our, our last caller now is um, Lebetkin.
4: Uh, Hello. Sorry.
1: Very good, and if you if if I remember correctly, you're calling from Israel.
0: Uh this is also correct. You remember correctly.
1: Okay, cool. Well, how welcome back
0: to the show. Thank you. Uh, Have you I found Ethiopia? I, 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 yes, I did. <laughs> I think it was another <laughs> fabulous episode. Another five tardis groans for me. I just worked out it's the fifth week in the row that I give him five tardis groans. Yes,
1: yeah, so very I'm rare. I'm happy you know? with the
0: series. I, I was actually quite excited to, uh, uh, to watch it with my kids because I wanted to see how they'll cope. With like the heavy continuity, and mm-hmm. uh, there was no problem. My 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 nine-year-old son, he said, "Oh, he's another Time Lord," and that was it. He wasn't like he wasn't confused at all. And yeah. the future kind were 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 big hits with the uh, two two four-year-olds that, that I, was, I was watching it with. Mm-hmm. They thought they were suitably scary.
1: Yeah, well, that's understandable. They haven't probably haven't seen all these. Um, type of um, savages future savages before exactly. Israel. I mean,
0: well, yeah, that's the great thing a bit about it being a family program we could all yeah, you know, every age can sit down and watch it and we we, we all enjoyed it mm-hmm. I'll talk my, my six year old daughter didn't like uh, what's her name? the name the bug girl being killed
1: yeah um, she was really sad about that Chen Dao
0: Chen Dao thank you yeah yeah, that was a, has anybody thought if the face of Bo is in fact Captain Jack?
8: Wow.
1: <laughs> that's, a, that's a big um, leap there.
0: Well, because he can't die. And so, science he, could happen to him eventually. Maybe
1: <laughs> he turns into
0: a big. <laughs> and grows very large.
3: The doctor did say he had some work done, so he might have gone to see a plastic surgeon at one point. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, no. I mean, because I know the the face sort of Bo has comes comes back somehow in the next two episodes. It has some kind of, kind of bearing. Hmm. So that that was my random thoughts.
1: Yeah. No. That's um. interesting. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um Any thank other you.
0: thoughts? Uh, no. I, I I think we. Because it was a pretty as already said a, uh, a plot-like episode but that that's really the skill of uh, Russell C. Davis he's able to do a very you know what, if any other writer had been given that plot it would have fallen on its face but it was it, he, he, even with like the lack of it, there were a lot of things that were very obvious like the rocket and the threat wasn't that you know thought out but I was still on the uh, on the edge of my seat for most of it
4: Yes, yeah,
1: same here. You know, I, as much as I, um, you know, complained about the the future kind, it still was, um, it still dro- drove the story, and as far as keeping you on the edge right. of your seat because you knew, um, but I mean, it could have been anything, but
9: it, it, Although, it kept you down.
1: it
0: the cliffhanger was very good. The entire room let out a big groan when the when the titles came up.
1: So and all the because exposition had to be told, um, you know, while they're running and while, you know, like Jack was um, doing whatever he was doing in that um, radiation chamber thing, and you know, it was just um, everything was told on the run more or less.
0: Well, my my the, the my two four-year-olds I had watching it when they had the big expo- the exposition on. They were putting on uh, little uh, stick-on arrows onto their heads so they can be uh, ant people like. <laughs> that's how they amuse themselves
1: <laughs> alright thank you so much um, thank
0: you
1: alright take care
0: bye
1: and have, uh, happy Father's Day by the way
0: oh yes I forgot about that. okay thank you mm-hmm.
1: you're quite welcome cheers alright well um, I guess that leaves just us now we'll round up um, the, the podcast with our Tardis groans and uh, um I guess um, Ken, are you still with us? Of course. Okay, so did you wanna uh lead the pack off this week?
5: Well, um yes, I you know, I'm I'm really torn. I I think that after uh the sound of drums and the, the season finale of Last of the Time Lords, once we see those parts two and three of this trilogy, I may have to bump this episode up to five stars. But as of right this second, it's at about, I'm sorry, five tar screws. It's now at four and a half. And I think really my only criticism was that you know again we, we talk about the, the the monsters or the you know the baddies just sort of being there to uh, to create some pressure, and uh, you know even the the there's some nods to other m- movies and that they're, they're probably not the most original. Uh, idea, but they're not really the focus of the story. They're really, the, the object is to get the professor to turn into the master, uh, and when that happens, it's, it's incredible. Uh, the performances are, are extraordinary. And I have to, once again, give Murray Gold five out of five. The, the man is just pure genius. The music <laughs> changed um, throughout the story, where professor had one theme, and the action had another theme, and um, he used uh, many different styles of cues to make this come together, and I found myself drawn in by it. I thought he was he was stellar, as always. Uh, and just the fact that he, after talking about this episode, that there are so many layers that we just don't have answers to yet. Um, that could be a a strength or a detriment, and we won't know until after we see parts two and three. But I'm going to give it four and a half. Uh, and, and, and that, too, comes from rewatch value. And I couldn't wait to watch this again. And I even went back and just watched the last ten minutes two or three times just to sort of absorb everything that was going on.
1: Yeah, I, I had to watch it again as well because there was, you know, as we often say, there was a lot to absorb, and and this is was no different. I just, you know, there's so many things that, little trinkets here and there that I missed the first time around. And, um, and, after,
5: watch, and after talking with everybody today and hearing um, the, the different theories, I have to go back and watch it again.
4: <laughs> because
5: everybody's brought something to the table where you're like, you know, you, you just can't help yourself. You're like, Wow. Yeah. What about that? Oh, what about this? What about you know? Then I'm gonna go and put this on in a little while, and I I will hear everybody's voices in my head saying, "Well, what if this was going on? And what if this was going on?" And, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that, actually.
1: Yeah. There's a I'm, lot of material I'm, in here.
5: I'm all geeked up. Okay. <laughs> I,
1: I haven't heard the commentary yet either, so that's another thing that I need to explore.
5: Yes, I, I haven't heard the commentary and I haven't seen the confidential yet. So uh, again that's, I'm sure that will only add to uh to what is going on.
1: Well, um s I'm gonna go to um Wes now and give and then um and then try. So Wes
3: I would have to say four and a half as well, and it's mostly the same reasons that um Ken just threw out there. Um <clears throat> I will have to say that the future kind of, you know, were kind of slow for me. But then again, we may find out more about them in the next episode, which will make their kind of story arc a little bit better in this one. Um, yeah, the only thing I really missed about it was the master's goatee. I think was- <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I heard that John Sim was trying to grow goatee. I don't know if that was just, you know, something that was going into the rumor mill or, or if that's really the case. So perhaps um, if he does escape uh, this season, um, which I'm sure I mean, if he doesn't, he may still return. He may return with a goatee. Who
3: knows? That would but be really, know, really cool.
5: Part of part of what makes this a re-envisioning is that we don't have to have everything the same. You know, uh, he's doing his own thing with the part, and so I'm I'm willing, based on on liking John and and his work, to just say. Fine, whatever he wants
1: to do is cool with me. Yeah. Well, you know, just like the doctor didn't have the same hairstyle in each regeneration, this is definitely a regenerated master and it's not like where he just like took over another person's body where we had seen, you know, <coughs> in the past, you know, and so you yeah, know, I'm sure his mind gets, has changed a bit regenerate.
5: too. This this time around we actually saw the regeneration. We
4: actually
5: uh, mm-hmm. wasn't, he wasn't um he wasn't cheating death, or, or you know, um, he was just doing a very traditional regeneration.
2: Yeah, I along. like Russell. I like this line that he gives when he gets shot by the insect, saying uh, that it's such an inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I know yeah. a lot of people in the forums are complaining about how goofy he seems to be acting, especially even in the previews for next week, but I'm thinking, you know, he's supposed to be Saxon, this politician, so maybe when he's Saxon, he's acting goofy, and when he's buying he's the master. Kind of throw oh. a front out there. hmm
4: Well, I'm going to wait and no, see.
2: Well, I, think in, I think in the Confidential, they were talking about post-regeneration trauma for mm-hmm. the master as well. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, after a time Lord regenerates a bit loopy, unless you're but He's um, always been a little Ramana. over the
5: top to begin with. The, the master himself, you know, he he comes up with all these schemes that you just be like, well, just kill him already and let's get this story over with. I mean,
4: <laughs> it's
5: like a bite on an Austin Power line. Just let's just kill him already. You know, like no, that's not what the master does. The master is over the top. He 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 makes these complicated mouse traps. You know, he's like, oh, brother, just you know, get to the point. Nope, he had it, the doctor himself. Oh, you you know, you and not humiliate me first. I mean, that's that's the master's bag, man.
4: Yeah.
1: So I know, Taras, you don't give us grown ratings, um, but uh, if you can give us your overall feeling on um, well, as how a, you felt.
2: As a character piece, this was an excellent episode. There was uh, very little. Story back there, other than some of the major reveals that in the first five minutes and in the last ten minutes. But if it wasn't for Derek Jacobi's performance, we really would have had nothing in the other thirty minutes of this episode. It was just uh, biding time till we got to the last ten minutes where we had the reveals and the cliffhanger. But yeah. just how strong Derek Jacobi's performance was, it really held this episode together, because without that, there would have been nothing there.
1: Yeah, rightly so. So, um, Russell T. Davies reintroduced the Sonic Suit Driver after its long absence. And I'm wondering if, um, if we'll see the tissue compression uh, device that the master always had with him come back again
2: point in the
1: future. What was that?
2: The tissue compression eliminator.
1: Eliminator. Thank you. All right. Well, oh, so I, I, as far as myself goes, I'm um, giving it four and a half as well. Um, once again, Ken and I are pretty much on the same, um, you know, on on the, on the same plane with this. And without was, was any prior discussion, too. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, and again, for me, it was um, it was just basically the um, the savages. Again, if we if they were just I don't know another threat, I it just seemed to me. And this just could be just personal to me it, it seemed to be distracting, you know where it was taking me out of the rest of the story. It, it just I don't know it just seemed um i in a certain sense, it was kind of classic but but and again, it just seemed like we've seen it all before, so um, I wish that it was it was a different threat other than that and um otherwise,
2: I, I think the whole point was not to have something that'll distract from. What the story was building up towards.
1: But it did distract me. And if it was just something else that, for some reason, it just seemed tired, you know, that we've seen this before and plenty of times before, another science fiction medium, you know, and um, if it was just was something else other than that, something more original. But hey, that's me. So, um, I'm
3: but yeah, I'm going to make a, I, I still, make a quick prediction. <laughs>
4: What
1: was I'm, that? Gonna
3: make a quick, I'm gonna make a quick prediction that when the Sci-Fi Channel shows this, they'll go to commercial right when he's saying that he's the master, and it kind of screw the whole thing up.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah sure. uh, either that, or there'll be um, there'll be some kind of uh, uh, pop-up on screen that has to have noise or something that'll you know distract from the whole thing.
3: Next week, Ghost Hunters episode.
5: Yeah. You
3: know. This
2: episode is a bit over 45 minutes, so uh, there'll be quite a bit of cuts to it as well.
5: Yeah, do we cut out, out the part with the 42. future kind, or do we cut out the part with the master? I get rid of the master. We need the monsters in this show. <laughs>
1: Well, hats off to Graham Harper for his direction. Um, hats off to Russell T Davies um, and all the actors involved. I know we've been giving props to um, um, Derek jo- um, Jacoby, but you know the same goes to John Sim and, uh, of course, the regular cast of characters, um, actors I should say, uh, did an all excellent job, and uh, I-, I-, I think this episode shows it. So until next week, when we return with um, what's. Um, it's um, The Sound of Drums. So keep an ear out for The Sound of Drums when we come back next week for another live episode of Doctor Who Podshock. I just want to remind everyone to um, you can join us in our weekly live show simply by uh, going to com and you can get a free account there. And once you have that, you can uh, can call in by calling 724-444-7444. And the Talkcast ID number is 23358. And that will get you on board, and you can interact with us and um, give us your opinions on that episode. We've got uh, a couple more new episodes um, ahead of us that we're going to be reviewing, and then we're going to be reviewing the whole series as a whole. And we'll continue doing the live shows. I I don't know exactly what kind of schedule we'll have, but we'll do it on a regular basis because there's uh, a lot of enthusiasm. And um, as today's uh, live discussion, uh, we have a lot of people in our chat session right now, a lot of people listening live to the show, and it's very exciting. So I want to thank everyone for being part of the show and um, come back next week. Until then, cheers, everyone.
2: Goodbye. 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 Cheers, everybody. Thanks.
1: been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan run Embassy.org and presented by Outpost Gallifrey at gallifrey1.com Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC Doctor Who Podshock Tr- ba- is not affiliated with the BBC in any way come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock you can email us at feedback at podshock You've just heard an interactive, interactive, interactive podcast designed for audience
2: participation. Come talk, talk, text chat, or listen live at talkshoe.com.